listening out there. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Lenient Critic. My name, of course, is Rowan Wood. And for this very special episode, I am joined by, uh, once again, Heath Lynch. Heath, welcome back. Hello, Rowan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about the Oscars tonight, uh, which, as of recording, <laughs> were, were last night. Um yeah, uh, I feel like before we really get into the wins, the the categories, the nominees, the, we have to address the Will Smith in the room. Um, yeah, Heath, it's well, unavoidable. There it, is nothing is else to talk about up front and to do otherwise yeah. would just be insulting. And this is like this is going to define the this particular ceremony for forever, I think, and will probably define Will Smith for, a, at least for a lot of people for uh, For the rest while. of his career. For the rest to of his career. To be very clear, yeah. the rest of his career, this will follow him around. Yeah. Um, so, Heath, I got to know, what was your initial reaction? And uh, you were at the, you were at the Sposkers, so what was everyone else's reaction, too? Yeah, so I was at a party with uh, the owner of sift pop uh, aaron dicer he hosted a whole bunch of the writers over um i would say in total there was probably a dozen of us there uh between writers uh plus ones things of that nature um and it was at first just uh, confusion i mean it, it really felt like almost the the stages of denial uh, or something like at first it was just confusion like did we actually what did we really see because you know we're we're all kind of talking we're enjoying the moment maybe people are having side conversations and then it, you see it out of the corner of your eye you're like wait what was what was that Do, did i just see what i thought i saw and then it's like actually your brain processing so then you're about 30 seconds later and then it was a split in the room was it staged or was it real? And some of us were really quickly jumping to one side or the other. I myself was like, oh, no, this is real. One, because it's freaking censored. They cut out mm -hmm. the entire audio feed, at least here in the States. I know that in Australia, in the United bastards. Kingdom, in yeah. other places, <laughs> that it was completely uncensored. And it has since come out. Just Google it. You will find it. But even when it was censored... I was able to just read Will Smith's lips and it was very clear what he was saying. And you could see the look in his face. And with those words, I'm like, Oh no, this is real. This is very, very real. Um, and it was just shock and bewilderment. How, how could this happen? Nothing like this has ever happened in the history of the Oscars. This is absolutely absurd. This is beyond like, how do you even recover from this? How do you move on? How do you even proceed with the show? I think what it really came down to, uh, at least for me, was who's, where, what direction do we take it from here? Okay, the act has been done. We all saw it on live TV in front of millions of people no on the stage. There's no taking it back. There's no saying it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. We all saw it happen. Lupita Nyong'o is freaking out behind Will Smith on the camera. Like, we see it. Like, it's all there. Um and to me, it just came down to, and I'll, I'll address them. It's, there's three prongs to this one. Uh, I'll save Will Smith for last one. Uh, Chris Rock. It has since come out that, and I say, I say since come out, Jada Pinkett Smith to her credit has been very public for a while now about her condition, uh, alopecia and why she is losing her hair. But just because she's been public about it doesn't mean that people have heard about it. 
That's why I almost slipped up just now and said, it just came out. Because to me, it just came out. In fact, I would even take a guess that for over 90% of the people in the world, you're just now hearing about this. You probably had no idea that she had this condition. And the only reason you know about it is because this incident took place. And you have since looked it up and it has been in news articles and so on and so forth. So it comes down to intent and knowledge. Did Chris Rock know? Was he the 10% or less people that was aware of Jada's condition? And if so, that's a pretty disgusting thing. Like, that's a, almost right up there with making someone a, fun of someone for having cancer when they still have cancer. Like, that's pretty gross behavior. And then there's the other side of that. Did he not know? And in which case... He's just doing a roast, which, by the way, is something Chris Rock has made his entire career on for 30 plus years. And he roasted other people before even transitioning to Jada in that same set, that that little bit that he was doing. And really, people had been roasting people all night. The main three hosts, who I thought did a decent job, uh, were making jokes at artists' expense. That's In fact, that's pretty commonplace when there's a host for the Oscars. Like, this just happens. Um, Amy Schumer had an entire segment, an entire skit almost where she just roasted people for like five to 10 minutes straight. So like, we have to keep this in context. It was clearly intended as a joke. Is there insult to the joke? Yes. And an argument could be made that that's not okay. But when you keep it in context of that's kind of what comedians do, especially Chris Rock, that's literally his shtick. I, it just, but even when you merge them together, and this is when I want to finish up with, with Chris, whether it was the 90% he had no idea. And in which case it's really bad that Will did what he did, or even the 10% that 10% chance that like Chris knew about Jada's condition. And in which case that's really slimy of him and really sick. That still goes to 100% of it's still not okay to escalate this to violence. I don't care who you are. You don't hit someone. And it just blew my mind that he took it there. Uh, I think that's a complete overreaction. You know, I saw something on Twitter where someone was like, imagine if Will doesn't say anything and Jada doesn't say anything. And Will comes up to accept his Oscar, well-deserved Oscar for best actor later and makes a comment about, you know, sometimes people take a shot at your family and you just have to stand there and be, be strong for them even when they have this condition. And, you know, like you give a little jab at Chris during your acceptance speech. Cause then this morning, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about Chris rock being a douche, which is a completely different conversation than we're having right now. Cause in my eyes now, Chris rock looks like he took the high ground. He got slapped in the face, made a joke about it immediately, tried to calm will down who then proceeded to cuss him out twice saying the same thing. And then he still turned it into a joke saying, well, this is the greatest night in the history of television. Like, I don't know how much better you can transition and play that off he than what just uh, happened. He didn't file a police report as yep, well. Yeah, he didn't he, file a police report. Yep. He's he's like to say that Chris Rock is taking the high road here is a is in the understatement of this entire scenario. So that's my opinion on Chris. Was it potentially scummy? Yes, but there's a small chance that it was and even if it was, there's a better, more mature way to handle this than to resort to violence. 100% whether it was scummy or not the violence was unacceptable, which leads me to will. Holy crap. How do you do this? Like, especially when you go back and you watch the replay, it's very clear. And everyone has seen this, that he laughed. He thought the Mm -hmm. joke was funny. 
it was Jada that was really upset and hurt. And again, I feel for her. If she was really hurt, like that sucks, especially because she does have that condition. Whether or not, again, Chris knew about it, we don't know. But I'm sure that was personally slightful, uh, the slighting to her. And I'm sure that made her feel really upset. But it's very clear that Will was laughing. The camera cuts away back to Chris. Chris continues on for about five seconds. And then he says, uh-oh, here comes Richard, referring to Richard Williams, the character. And Will is then, we see him walking on stage. That leads to the slap. So somewhere in between Will laughing and it cutting to Chris, something happened. My inclination would be that either Jada shot him a look, that she was really ticked, or flat out told him, I am not okay with this. You need to do something. And in which case, Will acted. Um, but whatever it was that triggered him, going to this extreme is beyond ridiculous to me again i don't condone violence you know it'd be one thing if it was self-defense if chris rock had struck jada or him first but that's not what happened he took a joke as a comedian often does as he had been doing already earlier in his set as many comedians had done earlier that night so it just blows my mind that that happened that will the lovable goofy you know stalwart of Hollywood at this point. He's been around for 30 years. You know, I, I just, I can't believe it got to this. And that leads me to the final people that I'm upset about here. And that's the Academy. Now I understand that this is unprecedented. We have never seen this happen before. I totally get that, but that does not excuse not taking action. And in my mind, I don't care who they are. I don't care how famous they are. That's assault. That is a crime. You just committed assault on live TV and he just went back and sat in his chair like it was nothing. And he should have been escorted out of the theater right then and there and maybe held until Chris determined if he wanted to press charges. But he should have been escorted out. And you know what? Jada could have accepted the award on his behalf or maybe his son or daughter. And, you know, maybe if it's Jada, then Jada could say something to address Chris directly. But Will needed to be out of there. Um, it is insulting to me that he was able to sit there for 30 more minutes until his award came up. And then not only when he, he won, which again was predicted, that was the chalk pick that he was going to win. It was a great performance. And frankly, he's overdue. Like, we get it. But for him to then come up and essentially be admonished of all of his sins by all of his peers. He got a standing ovation. People were applauding. People were cheering when he started to get really emotional and crying more and more. And he was struggling to go on with his speech. People were encouraging him to move on and giving him hoots and shouts of encouragement from the crowd. You know, when this, when people talk about there's a difference between the rich and the privileged and the elite versus the everyday people, this is what they're talking about. If this was an average person, if this was, if you were out with your family at a restaurant, at a bar, getting drinks with your friends, and you saw this happen, and someone came up and hit someone, and then just sat back down in their chair, and nothing took place, you would be beside yourself with bewilderment. That restaurant, that bar, would have kicked that person out. The police would have been called. And for that to have not happened here, for him to get his award and to be cheered and encouraged and then stay around for the whole ceremony to take pictures with the paparazzi and to go to an after party show and have nothing, no recourse happen to him. 
is insulting. It's insulting to us as movie fans. It's insulting to everyone else that's a member of the Academy, everyone that was there in the theater that night. And more than anything else, it's insulting to Chris Rock. Again, what he did might have been distasteful, especially if he knew about Jada's condition. But if I was in Chris's shoes and someone had assaulted me and then went on to make a speech on stage, essentially victim blaming as though it was my fault that I got punched and then no police action was taken and the Academy didn't protect me, I would be furious. So those are all of my thoughts in a nutshell. I think the Academy was way in the wrong. I think Will was in the wrong more than anything. And I think Chris is potentially in the wrong. I'm not going to slight him if he didn't know, because again, he's just a comedian doing a roast, which is no different than any of the other comedian. No other comedian, which by the way, again, doing roasts is a very big thing in the Oscars. It happens every year, all the time. No one else has ever been assaulted in 94 years of doing this, you know? So like, I don't want to hear that, oh, he went too far. I'm sorry. There have been way worse things said about people over the years than that. Mm-hmm. And again, I get it. She has the condition. That's why it hurt her. And that's why she was so upset. But if he doesn't know that, then what are we doing here? What the, I think of it this way. If nothing had happened, that joke goes by and we're not even talking about it now. I guarantee you 98% of the Oscars audience has already forgotten about it. There were way funnier and way worse jokes in the night than a simple GI Jane reference. And this would have blown over and been nothing. But now this will literally tarnish Will Smith's career. This will follow him and be a part of his legacy for forever. When people talk about the 94th annual Academy Awards, celebrating the years, the films from the year 2021, 2021, people will talk about this. They will not talk about Coda winning. They will not talk about Troy Kotzer a deaf man getting supporting actor. They will certainly not talk about, and I'm sure most people have already forgot this, the award that Chris was out there to present, which was for best documentary, which Mm -hmm. went to summer of soul, which was such a beautiful film. Mm -hmm. It made me cry. It was fantastic. And quest love was so taken back by the whole situation that he was stumbling through his acceptance speech and couldn't hardly talk. You know, Quest Love deserves an apology too. Like, it's just, it's so, it, it's surreal. There's no other way I could say it than it's surreal. I can't believe this happened. I thought that something like this would never happen, but unfortunately, here we are. So I've been ranting. I apologize, but I had a lot of thoughts, a lot on my mind. And to go back to what you were saying earlier, uh, the Sposkers, pretty much all of us felt this way. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of the night, especially as we were unpacking, things were coming out online about her, her alopecia or this, that, or the other thing, we pretty much all unanimously came to the conclusion, Will is wrong regardless, and way wrong. The Academy is wrong for not stepping in and trying to protect people. Even protect Will himself, get him separated so that he doesn't do anything worse. And Chris is potentially wrong, depending on how much he knew, which frankly, we might never know that, but still. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw that Will came out and has since made an apology Mm -hmm. to Chris on Instagram. Came out about two hours ago. So that's about 22 hours since the incident. Uh, To me, that's not good enough, not by a long shot. And I think uh, Will's image will have a long recovery ahead. So I'm going to pass it over. Rowan, that's my thoughts. That was a little bit of the insight as to 
what several, several other writers for Sift Pop and uh, film critics thought on the incident. Rowan, take it away. What were you thinking all the way out there in Massachusetts? Well, uh, yeah, so the initial reaction was confusion when the um, when the audio cut out. We had no idea what was going on. So, so I'm actually uh, at school right now in New York. And uh, I was in a um, I was in a crowded room, uh, like uh, maybe a hundred people watching the Oscars on a big screen. It was great, and uh, everyone went quiet. You know, there were side conversations going on throughout the whole thing, and we were, and then everyone shut up when it happened. And then we started to have those same conversations: is it real? Is it staged? And then we saw, and and then we started seeing things online, much like you. You know, I think this is something that we are going to. Um, be hearing uh, new, new information is going to be coming out for a while. And, you know, maybe in, maybe in 20 years, you know, like someone's going to, someone's going to publish, you know, the oral history of, of, of this thing at the Oscars, because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, you know, it is an iconic moment. It's absolutely not what the Academy wanted to be the iconic moment of this year's awards. Um, but it is what is going, to, you know, as you mentioned, it's what this year is going to be remembered for. Unfortunately, not the first deaf actor to win an Oscar, not the first queer black woman to win an Oscar. It's it, it, it like everything, like everything historic about last night has been and, and will be massively overshadowed. And, you know, w- Will Smith, a man who has been building, who has carefully built his public persona for the last 30, even 40 years he is like this one thing he did this one thing he did took up maybe 15 20 seconds in in total this one thing is going to taint his public image for as you mentioned probably the rest of his career yep yeah um but uh yeah i i i was actually uh looking at an, an article today that uh, talked about some other dark moments from the oscars in recent history uh and i am glad that uh you know this was terrible obviously uh i was actually unaware of what happened in 1973 um when marlon brando refused to accept his academy award and so he sent um he sent uh, Sachin Littlefeather uh a native american activist and actor uh to uh speak about it and uh john wayne was literally being held back from uh attacking her backstage by security guards and clint eastwood was an asshole about it and that just you know i mean sure we've come a little like we've come farther from that but still there there should have been something in place to prevent something from something like this happening will smith very easily walked up on that stage no one stopped him i mean like like there there should be security guards surrounding the stage you know well i think i think that's the future you know Mm -hmm. yes absolutely you know it's hard to set up it's hard to frankly there's a a sense of social decorum that society follows especially at such prestigious events as this that you almost assume just oh yeah people aren't going to be that dumb i'm going to put it frank people aren't going to be that dumb that's what we think there's no way someone's going to be that stupid to go up Mm -hmm. on stage in the middle of a live television broadcast in front of millions of people and they're going to commit a crime that they're going to physically assault someone so that's why we don't have security guards because Mm -hmm. why would someone do that i mean so but i think that this will definitely spurn action from the academy I have because it's happened before that people have come up and done spontaneous improv as part of a bit 
and it's I remember it in past years. It's sometimes been cute, sometimes it, it it flopped, but you know, there's a little bit of levity to that. And I'm sure that when Chris, you know, Chris was laughing when Will started walking on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that he thought it was going to be a bit, and he was going to roll with it. Chris Rock is an incredibly talented, smart comedian. He can improv very well. I'm sure he was like, yeah, let's roll with this. Let's, you know, there's no way he thought Will's going to hit him, you know, but I have no doubt that this will cause the Academy to make changes in the future. So such so that, you know, maybe there are, maybe there's a barrier now instead of, oh, there's the stage in the seats. Nope. There's a barrier and there's, you know, select entrances from the barrier only in like two or three aisles or something leading up to the stage and uh only you know there's a guard there and they'll only let you pass if you've you're going up to an acceptance award or something you know mm-hmm. like there's no way that this doesn't change things absolutely yeah um and you know just a uh you know uh the I, I would like to say i just saw that um that the video the uncensored video of um what happened uh has now broken the record for most views on youtube at 24 hours which i think is mm-hmm. which i think is um you know I've Great, watched it probably funny. 20 times myself. Most yeah. of it's just out of disbelief. It's just like, exactly. I can't believe that happened. Like you, you just keep watching it. Cause again, it's something I never, I never would have imagined this mm-hmm. would ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I watch it more. I just, not because it's entertaining, but just out of shock. Like right. I, how I just, why it, yeah. it, what, what snapped in your brain that you thought that was an okay course of action. It was on nobody's bingo card uh, to say the least. No. Oh God, um, no. And, uh, you know, every time I watch that video, I'm always thinking, is the slap going to be louder? Is, mm-hmm. like, is Will going to say something different when, of, of course, he's not. It's a video that I've seen 15 times already. But it just, you know, like you were you saying. You almost want to still... change history. Exactly. Yeah. You you, you want to reach, you want to be able to reach through your monitor and, like, stop him and just mm-hmm. be like, don't do this. Because, again, this will taint him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the final fallout's going to be. Apparently, Chris is not going to press charges and again what a man taking the high road uh he deserves all the credit in the world but uh i have to imagine that this affects will's image it's you know he's not going to get as many job offers if he does he's not going to get offers to be paid as highly i i don't even know i saw an article today that the oscar might try to rescind his the the academy might try to rescind his oscar and make him give it back and they'll just abdicate that category this year and say that no one won or maybe ban him and he's not allowed to come back next year. Mm-hmm. And when it's his, cause normally the act, the performer from the previous year hands out the award for the next year. And maybe they just get someone else to hand out the award this year. Uh, so, I mean, man, it's just, what I will say is, especially because the Academy uh, fumbled the ball while it was live and did not kick him out, which I thoroughly believe that they should have. But since they didn't, I want some kind of repercussion because the last thing I want to happen is to set the precedent that this is okay, mm-hmm. that you can just do this and nothing will come to you. Like you won't get in trouble. Nothing bad will happen. I cannot, I cannot believe we live in that world. So I'm really hoping that the Academy does something in an effort to punish him in some way to try to, you know, put a nuclear deterrent to any future actions of this kind for any other person out in the crowd. Be like, no, you cannot do this period. End of statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I guess that's, you know, that's a good place to end this, I think. Yep. Uh, there are, there's still still a lot that happened last night uh, th- that we should that we should discuss. Yep. Um, you mentioned uh, you you liked uh, the hosts, uh, Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall and Amy Schumer. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I liked them in terms of, oh, my God, they were some of the, you know, the greats compared to past hosts. Mm-hmm. But I more so just like the idea of having hosts again. We have not had hosts for the Oscars in several years. And it was kind of nice just having that person that was going to be there to to do bits, to give us the open, to get the crowd excited and, and engaged. Um, and I certainly liked some of their bits better than what I've seen from past people, like Jimmy Kimmel going to a random movie theater and shooting T-shirts into the crowd. You know, like, yeah. I could care less about that. Uh, do I Did I like all their bits? No. Uh, I thought... Uh, the Regina Hall bit about uh, having all the single attractive men come up on stage and then frisking them. I thought that was, that was funny, I guess, but it certainly lasted way too long. Cause that was just one joke, just kept calling up more and more people or uh, when they came out dressed in different costumes. Uh, again, I, I, d- I didn't see the purpose of it other than yeah. the opening where again, that's to get the crowd hot like there's intent behind that and it's no different than in wrestling when you send a heel out to like get the crowd excited and jacked up before an event goes live or something mm-hmm. um and i thought they did a serviceable job i really liked wanda sykes i thought that was cool even them doing like the walkthrough for the academy museum and because the past several years it's always been the academy president coming out and just like talking about it and essentially just doing a boring monologue having wanda sykes actually walk through the museum and tell jokes that was more entertaining at least. So overall, I thought they were fine. I didn't think they were great. I didn't think they were bad either. I I thought they were perfectly good. They were serviceable. uh, And it was just nice to have hosts again. Yeah. Uh, I share the same opinion on Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall. I do not like Amy Schumer as a comedian. uh, I don't find her funny and I don't think she's particularly effective in the comedy that she does. And I found the uh, the joke she made, um, the extended joke she did with Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons was disrespectful, and I hated watch. I I, I actively hated watching it. Um, I've heard that from a couple people now. Yeah. Now to to me, that one was a bit. Mm-hmm. I I have to imagine that Jesse and Kirsten were in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were, then everything's good. But yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't planned. Yeah, if it wasn't planned, then yeah, that's uh, insensitive. But it, it it read to me in reading the room, it felt like it was a bit, and it felt like Jesse was just playing along with it, like being faux pretended mm-hmm. or faux offended, I should say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't – and again, I haven't seen any articles coming out saying that they were, like, offended or anything. So mm-hmm. I have to imagine that that was a pre-planned skit, especially because that came after the Will Smith incident. There's just, like, no way that they do that without, like, double-checking, like, hey, we're still good, right? Like, they're – Right. <laughs> I can't imagine that they would do that, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I um... – you know, I, I honestly think uh, I, I would have preferred. I know this didn't work out because of scheduling. Uh, the only murders in the building trio, I think, would have been a lot of fun to have as a, as host. That would have been. Yeah, Steve Martin's done it before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Even you know, even the three Spider Men, I think, would have been would have been great. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I actually don't know if no that that probably didn't work as Garfield's nominated um, this year. But um, you know, yeah. Uh, I. Here's a question. Do you mm-hmm. think the Oscars need a host? 
because there was that stretch in a couple of years when they didn't have one. And I yeah, they haven't had a host time. in about four or five years. And yeah. I think that first year it felt refreshing because it was something different. But in hindsight, as we continued to progress through the years, it became very apparent to me that a host was required. Mm -hmm. I do think we need a host. I think we just need to be smarter in how we choose hosts right. and what kind of jokes they are telling. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be completely serious when I say this. Some people might think I'm kidding. I am not. I think that the Muppets should host the Oscars. I think the Muppets should host the Oscars every year. Mm -hmm. I think that the natural humor that comes from real people interacting with puppets is quite humorous. There's a lot of jokes that could be mined from it. You can still do adult humor. In fact, the Muppet show was quite famous back in the seventies for weaving in adult humor that the little kids who were watching the show, it went over their head. So you could still make it entertaining, especially with like the grumpy old critics in the balcony, Waldorf and Stalder. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you could have a lot of fun with it. And ABC is a Disney company and Disney owns the Muppets. It would be quite easy to do. You could do, and you could even do it like where it's like the Muppets with so-and-so like the Muppets, right. like just, just like in the movies or just in the show uh, back in the seventies where there would be a guest star, you know uh, this year, the Muppets with Jeff uh, Jack black or the Muppets uh, with uh, Steve Martin. If you wanted to go old school right. or Billy Crystal, or again, if you wanted to, to keep it younger, uh, the Muppets with Anna Kendrick. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways that could be quite entertaining. And that makes it more family friendly while still giving you the flexibility to have adult humor and hide it. Uh, and I think they should at least try that one year. Um, I think it would go over incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I uh, watched a video last night of them uh, uh, presenting a category in the eighties. Thought it was funny. It was great. And yep. Yep. Absolutely. Perfect. They were awesome. Mm -hmm. They are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, I will second that. Uh, I would love to see the Muppets host at some point. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's break down uh, some some of the categories. Obviously, we don't have time to yeah. go deep into there's everything. A yeah. Um, Before we yeah. go into the categories, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about, which sure. again uh, kind of made the uh, the uh, the this award show just feel weird uh, outside of the the trio of hosts again normally we have a solo host or maybe a duo but this was a trio so that felt a little off uh especially after not having a host for five years and then of course the the will smith in the room but just a couple other things too uh there was a big controversy about uh, rachel zegler and whether or not she would be a part of it because uh she is maria in the west side story and uh almost at one point was a nominee like was kind of in the running for that and then they weren't going to bring her but then it broke late that they were going to bring her and then they put her on, on at a couple points in like commercial bumpers it was weird um and the the response to ukraine uh i mm -hmm. thought it was very nice that they did something for that but it also felt forced because there was a lot of celebrities actually wanting to have ukrainian president Zelensky come on screen and yeah. do like a live telecast and talk to the people of America. Uh, and so they definitely didn't do that. Cause I think that would have, uh, that's a slippery slope right there to have something said that shouldn't be said. Um, but they, I did like that. They did a, a moment of silence and recognition. Uh, another thing that people thought was insensitive and controversial was the in memoriam. Mm -hmm. uh, normally they play very somber 
music throughout the in memoriam as a retrospective on all the people that have passed uh this year it was more upbeat music um i saw that most people didn't like this i actually thought it was kind of nice and my reasoning behind it is i'm a big proponent of the phrase you know let's not mourn their death let's celebrate their life Mm -hmm. and to me i kind of read it as that's what they were going for now Clearly, if most people didn't like it, I don't think they succeeded in that message, but that's the way that I took it, that they were like, hey, this is a celebration of life. Look at all these amazing people and all the accomplishments that they made. Uh, And maybe if you don't like the music, I at least like that they paused on a couple of the big names Mm -hmm. throughout and had another celebrity come out and give a little speech about them. I thought that was kind of cool, like seeing Jamie Lee Curtis come out and whatnot. Um, But again, I don't... uh, uh, I can understand why some people wouldn't like the upbeat music. Also, they missed some people like Bob Ed Saget. Asner, yeah, Bob, Ed Saget, Bob Saget, and yeah. uh, Meatloaf, and a couple others. But I was really shocked that they missed uh, Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one <laughs> is Twitter and the Snyderverse, uh, the Snyder Bros. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, and again, in an effort to try to make the show more inclusive and bring a younger crowd because the Oscars are dying because of decisions like this. Let's be very clear. Yeah. This is why it's happening. Mm-hmm. But because of that, um, they are like, oh, we'll just do an Oscar fan vote where the Oscars can vote on their favorite five films from last year and their favorite five cheerable moments from all time, uh, which I don't know why it wouldn't have been from last year if it's the Oscars from last year. Um, but the internet did what the internet does, which is they went full Bodie McBoatface and uh, the internet cannot lose. The internet is undefeated when any inter- any enterprise, any corporation, any company tries to challenge the internet, the internet is always going to win. You know why? Because the internet is full of trolls and memers who love to see people fail. And when you do this, frankly, this this should be a lesson learned to the Academy. Don't do this. They should have never done this. I think a lot of people who are smart enough to understand that the internet is undefeated and will eternally be undefeated, that this was a bad idea right from the jump. I was one of those people saying this is a bad idea. And I kind of relished that when this came through and happened because I thought it was hilarious. Like, this is what you get academy this is what you deserve so for best moments of all time in the history of film the number one movement moment ever is the flash entering the speed force in Zack snyder's justice league which is oh such a joke so <laughs> ridiculous like if you want to put the avengers a symbol absolutely totally there neo uh dodging bullets that was up there awesome the flash entering the speed force which by the way I actually like Zack Snyder's Justice hey, League. Same. I think it's a much better film than yeah. the original. Absolutely. But, and that is a great mo- moment from that movie. That might even be the best moment from that movie. But that's not even a top 20 moment of 2021. Mm-hmm. That's not even a top 100 moment of all time. And it was just voted the number one greatest cheer moment in the history of film. Even worse than that is the top five films by, <laughs> by the fan vote. And they got two of them that I, again, I yeah. think I agree with. It should have been much higher. Is, yeah. That, uh, which is Tick, Tick, Boom, which is incredible. And Spider-Man No, One Ho- no Way Home, which is incredible. Which I would what agree. what the category that was made for. Let's, that let's is what the, ca- that's what they were trying to do. So very clearly there were some real voters there. But you know what got through? <laughs> A movie that I guarantee you most people have never heard of called Minimata, which I had never heard of. Not even theatrically released in the U.S. yet. Yep. 
And then Amazon Prime's Cinderella, which is a horrible film starring Camilla Cabello. And I don't even think it's her fault. That movie's just straight bad. It is garbage. And then the number one film, again, Zack Snyder, Army of the Dead, which I know there's some people that are Snyder bros that like this. This is a bad movie. I'm sorry. I hate to break your heart. I would like I would like to say something. <laughs> I recognize that Army of the Dead is a bad movie. Yes. I would not. Like, That's not to say you can't have fun right. with it. It is not on my but list. But it is a right. bad movie. It's not on my top 20 of 2021. Yeah. But I have a lot of fun with it. It didn't but even make my it, top 50. I don't think it made my top 100. Granted, I saw like 200 right. some odd films. but <laughs> It should not have been even near yes, this list. It shouldn't be even near, let alone the number one movie. Mm-hmm. You know, beating out Spider-Man No Way Home. If, beating out Tick, Tick, Boo. My question is, if, if the Snyder Bros were so, like, if, if they were so gung-ho about this, why didn't they nominate Zack Snyder's Justice League? And why didn't yep. that get through? It's is, just because it, it's trolling and that's what it is. Absolutely. It's, it's the internet doing Bodie McBoatface. It's the internet going full Harambe. It is the internet saying you can't touch us. If you try to, you know, tell us what we can and can't do, we will show you exactly what we can and can't do. And if this should be a lesson learned. And if the Academy's smart, they will never do this again. Yeah. Cause if this happens every year, that they say they're going to do this, the internet will troll them every year and yeah. they will never take it seriously. Yeah. Zack Snyder's so, Rebel Moon uh, coming soon to yeah. the Oscars fan favorite. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. So I just wanted to mention some of those things. Those are some o- other big things that had people like myself being like, oh yeah, they, even still when they try to get things better, they messed it up. And then the other real big thing is uh, eight of the nominees, eight of the awards uh, were awarded before it even started. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were awarded off camera before the show started, while the red carpet was going on, while we were just seeing people walk around in admittedly gorgeous dresses and sharp suits. Uh, But that's uh, what we got to see instead of people getting their awards. Instead of seeing Hans Zimmer win an Oscar for original score, um, although I don't think he was even there to accept it. um, Yeah, he he put something on Twitter. It's it's him in a bathrobe, and he said, "Uh, my daughter daughter woke me up and gave me this, and I was was very happy, and then I went back to bed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, and again, I don't even know how much time they saved. So they the, didn't save any. the telecast, the awards ceremony yeah, the, was longer this year than it was last year. The, the long, it was the longest it had been since 2018 It's the longest it's been in four years. It went three hours and like 38 minutes was my last count, but I think it actually went like 42 or 43 minutes, uh, over. And that's insane. They did all these things to try to cut time, including really ticking off members of the Academy and these eight categories. And how much time did it actually save us? Like maybe the 30 to 45 seconds to watch them walking up on stage. And maybe you trim down the three minute acceptance speech to, you know, a minute and 40 seconds, a minute and 30 second accept. Like the, the amount of time you saved was not worth insulting all these people, especially when you still run well over 40 minutes over the time frame. That's a joke. I, I even thought that because they were going to be so conscious of it this year and they were being so insulting to these categories that they would really try to sneak it in at the three hour mark. I still didn't think they were going to. I guessed it was going to be like three hours, 15 minutes. I had no idea it was going to be like three hours, 40 something minutes. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It is so stupid and so insensitive. Uh, so those are all the controversies. These are things to be aware of that happened beyond the Will Smith of it all. Uh, but these were big things that affected your experience one way or another of watching the Oscars this year. And now 
I think we definitely need to dissect the winners. Yes. Um, so you uh, you predicted all of them. Uh, you you won the uh, you won the Sposkers. I didn't predict. I missed two. You missed two. Okay. All right. I missed two categories. Nice. Yeah. I, I got uh, which ones did you miss? Twenty one out of twenty three. I missed. Uh, I missed animated short film. Same. I thought it was going to be Robin Robin. Yep, uh, Ardman Studios in their stop motion animation is gorgeous. I actually liked the windshield uh, washer or the windshield wiper. wiper I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, I, I really dug the cell shaded animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked its exploration of love and all the different assets and versions of love and how some are very beautiful and some are quite disgusting. Um, but I just didn't think that they were going to beat studio Ardman and a really beautiful story, uh, that is in Robin Robin. Um, but I was wrong. Uh, and windshield wiper was my second pick, but so, I mean, I was close, but again, I, I went Robin Robin and the other one was on original screenplay. Um, no, no joke. Those were the exact two that I didn't get as well. Yeah. The, uh, I, I didn't pick Belfast. Um, I, I really liked the script for Belfast and in hindsight, I feel stupid because the three big ones that people have been talking about all award season are Coda power, the dog and Belfast. So of course it makes sense to give one best director. Cause it used to be like a picture would win all of those. Like they would win screenplay, they would win director and they'd win best picture. But like in recent years that hasn't been happening. They've been splitting them to kind of like quote unquote, share the love. Right. So like, okay, you give Coda best picture, you give Jane Campion her best director that she desperately deserves. And, uh, and then you can give Kenneth Branagh, since he's not going to get director, give him screenplay, you know? Uh, so in hindsight, I feel stupid for not seeing that. Um, but I picked uh, licorice pizza. Same Paul here. Thomas Anderson is yeah. such a darling uh, when it comes to the Oscars and especially screenplays. He's very much Quentin Tarantino in that respect. He's known for his creative original screenplays and scripts. Um, uh, I really think, and rightfully so, by the way, I'll preface that the racist stereotypes about Japanese people in that movie, which are quite disgusting, really came to bite him in the butt. Uh, especially in the last, I would say week to week and a half, maybe even two weeks, I've seen so many articles leading up to the Oscars about how gross it is that PTA put those racist jokes in his movie, in his script. And, uh, I really think the voting body took that to heart and was just like, nah, it's PTA doesn't get it this time. And they switched it up. Um, but yeah, so I had Licorice Pizza for original screenplay. I wasn't smart enough to make the switch and go to Belfast. And then I had Robin Robin for animated short. Uh, I didn't, uh, I, I that one I didn't think Ardman would lose, uh, period. But uh, mm-hmm. that, would, that was truly an upset. But yeah, uh, those were the two I missed out. I went 21 for 23. Yep, same here. Uh, I submitted my Sposkers picks far too early. Uh, but on the ballot that I filled out on the night, I uh, I got twenty one out of twenty three as well. Nice, nice. Thank you. Um, my so, yeah, uh, I won. I won by the skin of my teeth. It went down to yeah. the last category between uh, myself and Andrew Ormsby. Mm-hmm. He had Power of the Dog winning Best Picture, and I had Coda. Nice. And they all knew before me, even though I was in the room. They all had headsets, so they could hear the audio. I was ah. just watching the screen, and I was watching closed captioning. So I was waiting for the words to come up, <laughs> and they all turned and looked at me, and they're like you won. And I was like, I did. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Yeah. My, uh, my roommate, um, put, 
pressured me to put five dollars uh, in to a little like you, we were trying to do a pool, but no one else had money, so it was just uh, it was yeah. just it was just me and him. I love doing Oscar pools. Yeah, um, but he got uh, he got seven wrong, and I got uh, he he missed out on seven, and I only missed out on two, so still mm-hmm. haven't gotten my five dollars. But you know, I don't <laughs> I, I don't care that much. The satisfaction is enough. Yeah. Um, so were there any uh, were there any categories? I mean, obviously you got twenty one out of twenty three. But were there any categories that you wished that there would have been something else that won? Uh, yeah, for sure. So just because I predicted all of those things to win, and I got you know the high percentage mm-hmm. of them right, doesn't mean those are what I actually wanted to win. Um. Uh. So for the first time ever in my movie watching career in my career trying to be critical about films i I watched everything i watched every single film that was nominated including every short film every documentary and even the ones for original songs like four good days that really i could have just gone to listen to the song on youtube i didn't have to watch the movie at all but i still watched the movie anyway which by the way that's a bad movie you don't need to watch it sounds good um (laughs) So with that said, I I definitely felt more prepared than I ever had ever. And between watching all the films and, and reading the articles, that's why I, where you know like how what people were feeling. I tried to I avoided prediction stuff like official like oh these are like goldderby.com or something where they're like here's the odds on what you know like I didn't want odds I didn't want Vegas predictions odds, stuff like that yeah yeah I didn't want Vegas odds I didn't want predictions I wanted just people talking about like I said like the licorice pizza thing like oh we don't like that. PTA did this or something. Those are the kinds of, I just wanted to hear what the conversation was like. And so that's where I came to my guesses and that's how I made my picks, but that's not necessarily what I wanted. So in terms of the technical categories, they almost all came to how I wanted. I wanted Dune to just rack up the technicals. Um, and they did. And I kind of knew that they would, they were the Mad Max Fury road this year mm-hmm. where they didn't get the above the line awards. They got almost all the below the line awards and they were deserved. Uh, Absolutely. uh, I, there is an argument I could go either way for cinematography, uh, maybe giving it to power the dog, but I still thought Dune there. Uh, I thought Dune for definitely original score. Uh, I thought Hans Zimmer was incredible. He, like, production. He, he he invented new instruments. He invented new sounds yep. that I'd literally never heard yep. in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, production design, the way that these worlds are crafted and so distinct house Harkonnen looks so different than house Atreides and like, and just the whole culture and how they're built. Like it, I've heard this from a lot of people and I agree. This is the most well fleshed out world building since the Lord of the Rings was put to film. And it, there's no way that doesn't win production. Uh, same with sound uh, tied hand in hand with score, but just like some of those battle sequences or the noises that the worm was making, uh, just throughout the movie just terrific uh the editing choices the visual effects we had a nice conversation on the spotskers about what makes visual effects is it it, do you just want something to be pretty or do you want it to just actually look realistic and believable in the world and i was a firm believer of realistic and Mm -hmm. blended into the world because that's what i think a good visual effect is is it tricks me into thinking it's not even a visual effect that it's just real uh which then goes into practical effects which is part of visual effects but still like if it's making something look pretty, well, to me, that's cinematography. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely glad that Dune got all those. Um, I love that Cruella got best costume. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing that. And the scene in particular when she rides away on uh, a trash truck 
and she's like hanging off the back of it and all the trash falls out of the truck and turns into a dress. And I'm just like, oh my God. So this just give them the Oscar. Now they made trash, beautiful, literal trash. They turned it into a dress. It looks amazing on Emma Stone. Give them the Oscar. And that's, and that's like one of several, several incredibly unique, shocking dresses that they made for that film. So I was happy with that. Um, so those are a lot of the below the line stuff. Uh, I guess we could also talk makeup and hairstyling. Uh, I thought this would go to eyes of Tammy Faye because again, that's Tammy Faye. The character was rocking it the whole movie. Um, I know a lot of people from the industry thought it should maybe be coming to America because they did a lot of cool prosthetic work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I wanted to see the green Knight nominated for this because the green Knight thing really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the Green Knight, that the actual literal Green Knight in that movie, that headset, that that's all prosthetics. <laughs> that that is incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, going into some of the the medium stuff here, uh, like the shorts or the documentaries. Uh, again, like I said, I wanted Robin Robin, but the windshield wiper was my second pick, and I was yeah. fine with that. Uh, right up there was also Bestia, which was a really disturbing film for anyone yeah. that saw it. It's based off a true yeah. story about a Chilean uh, policewoman who worked for uh, the fascist government I did down there. That. That's actually uh, Yeah, based on a real woman who worked for the government and kidnapped and tortured women and like raped them with dogs and bestiality and it is disturbing and gross but man that short was trippy yeah and had me freaked out it really <laughs> did its job um i saw it in a theater and it was like yeah it was like like there were maybe four other people in the theater silence yeah like d- dead it's, silence it is terrifying very scary yeah, i it is one of the most terrifying films i've ever seen and it was a short stop motion animation short film that starred like a woman that looks like a porcelain doll. Like it's just weird. It's yeah. bizarre. So if you want to see that, it's called bestia. You can find it online. Uh, live action shorts. Uh, I, I actually did think uh, that the long goodbye was incredibly good. My favorite was a film called take and run though, which was uh, about women that are forced into arranged marriages against their will. Uh, and some of them that try to rebel and escape from that. I thought that was beautiful, but I also thought the long goodbye was terrific. The, the rap soliloquy monologue, whatever you want to call it, that Riz gives at the end of that film is terrific. Um, I, there's a couple others I liked. I like the please hold, uh, which is about that a man who's wrongly imprisoned. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really smart. Just how they're like, this is how quick your life can go down the drains. And even when you're proven innocent, it will, hinder you the rest of your life and people see you as a potential convict and everything. So I thought that I, I want to point out though, there's one, this is the thing I probably hated more than anything else. Uh, I think there are some beautiful aspects to it. So I don't rate it the lowest out of everything, but in terms of like my emotion, my personal taste, do not ever under any circumstances see the dress the dress is one of the most disgusting films I've ever seen in my life. It is about a little person who is an incredible human being, by the way, this actress, and I cannot pronounce her name. It's Anna. And then I'm not even going to try. And I apologize. Uh, but uh, she is a little person who has been 
fairly neglected her whole life for being a little person. She's ostracized. She's very antisocial. She does not have many friends, not many loved ones. And you come to realize that she is getting on in her life. She's in her thirties and she is still a virgin and she resents it so much that no one has ever found her attractive and she's never been able to have a relationship in her life and never any form of intimacy. And every time she sees a woman around her, that's a regular sized woman. All she is is envious and jealous. She even sees a woman at one point who busts out of her room. Cause she works at a hotel. She busts out of her hotel room and she's crying and she, she has mascara running down her face and looks like she just got in a huge fight with someone. Uh, but she was in like her jeans and a button down shirt and the button down shirt was opened up and you could see her in her bra, almost implying that like there is physical violence or maybe like someone attempted to sexually abuse her, like really tragic. And all this woman can do, this little person is focus on, gosh, look how beautiful she is. Look at her and how sexy she is in her bra. Like that's how distorted her worldview had gotten. Cause she'd been so sexually repressed and neglected. And then the movie has the chance to do something really beautiful, I thought, um, and give this woman hope and uh, a, a sense of community and and a, a pride and perseverance almost. And then the movie completely pulls the rug out from under you. And the last two minutes of this short are some of the most disgusting filmmaking I've ever seen. I do not know what this director was thinking. I do not know why they thought this was a smart choice. Uh, to me, this is insulting to little people. This is insulting to women. This is insulting to virgins all across the board. And one of the most disgusting movies I've ever seen in my life. I had to go on a rant. I apologize. Don't ever see the dress. I don't know if you would agree, Rowan, or if you remember that one. I think you saw it. Yeah, uh, my reaction was not as strong as yours, but it's it's just unpleasant. I did not have a good time watching it. There yep. is like, you know, the only reason I, I mean, the only reason I saw this is because I saw all of the shorts in one day uh, in a theater. Um, yeah, you got to see a theater screening, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So yep. like, so I didn't, you know, I couldn't, you know, skip it because I didn't like it. I, you know, I'm a completionist, so I, I would have wanted to watch it anyway. But sure. it just, yeah, I, I I did not have a good time watching it. I wasn't really sure what it was trying to say. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think it says anything. Yeah. If anything, what it says is, you better be okay hating life. Nothing ever, nothing is ever going to work out for you. Life sucks. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you deserve to be miserable. You you shouldn't even attempt happiness. Like that's literally the message that this film takes. Which again is insane to me. Why would this movie want to say that? Um, it's yeah. it, it's 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 torturous. It's cruel. It has a, an a, a eternal sense of loneliness to it and regret. Like just oh, it's it's terrible. Uh, don't ever see the dress. <laughs> uh, documentary short. I actually loved this one. The, my favorite was the queen of basketball. I thought that was really good. And I was so happy to see that win. I thought that was entirely deserved. Um, same with documentary feature. I loved the documentaries this year for the most part. Uh, Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised is incredible. On its surface, it just seems to be a documentary about uh, what was known as Black Woodstock, about this concert in the late sixties, early seventies. I forget exactly when. Um, and it was largely forgotten by society. 
Uh, but Questlove found all this footage and was able to essentially reconstruct the concert. But in doing so, he was able to extrapolate all these other beautiful themes about racial equality and the, the struggle of the civil rights movement and all of this stuff that just so embodies America and for better and for worse and where we were, where we are now, where we're going, where we've come from and also to show that, Hey, it's been 50 years and we're still not much, not that much different. And we have a lot of work to do. Uh, I thought that was beautiful. I was so happy it won. Uh, that film made me cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, we're now getting to about the above the line stuff. You know, when we're talking best documentary feature that also leads to best international feature. I think this is one of the biggest gimmies in terms of predictions of the night. Uh, when one of your international films is also nom- nominated for best overall picture, that's going to be your winner for international film. Yep. <laughs> uh, nothing, so nothing. drive my car 10 times out of 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drive my car is the winner here. I, I do think it deserved it. I thought it was an exceptional. It's a long film. It's three hours. Uh, so just buckle up if you're going to watch it. Uh, and it's very emotionally powerful and riveting. There's a lot of depth to it. Just because you see something in the first act doesn't mean that it is what it is. Uh, Also, the opening title card is 41 minutes into the movie. Okay. Uh, Another one that I would have been okay with winning in this category. I don't know how you felt, Rowan, was I would have loved for the worst person in the world to win that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If if, if Drive My Car wasn't nominated, uh, I would. Yeah. Worst person all the way. I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even have been mad if it had gotten yep. a, uh, if it had won screenplay either. Yeah. I, I, I actually said that at the, on the night where I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Uh, it's not my pick. I have licorice pizza at, at that time. And again, Belfast ended up winning, but I'd be totally stoked if worst person in the world won this. I think it's incredible. So, yeah. uh, but drive my car wins, uh, worst person in the world. Huge shout out. You were nominated for two movies. You didn't win or two categories. You didn't win either of them, but, uh, one of the best films of the year. Yeah. Uh, best animated feature. This one is a bummer to me. Uh, when you talk about things that I wanted different, this is one of the two major categories. Um, I uh, have, I don't hate Encanto, Encanto by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's fine. Uh, I have problems with its plotting. Uh, there are inconsistencies on when the house is and is not cracking and what its motivations for cracking are versus what the family is conveying those motivations are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to dive into it, but I'll just leave it at that. The story does not narratively uh, construct and make sense. Like the picture wants you to think it does. That bothers me. Um, Also uh, I know a lot of people love the music, but some of the songs to me are just straight forgettable and uh, I don't care for. Um, So I thought it was fine. And I'm fine with it winning if it wasn't also nominated against the Mitchells versus the machines, which was by far and away a better film. It had better themes. It was more emotional. Uh, I felt it was way more entertaining. It certainly was way funnier. Um, And it's, and it also felt like a much better film for the current era with its understanding of internet culture and memes and, talking to younger people uh i thought the mitchells versus the machines was terrific and i desperately wanted it to win but i 100 percent understood that it would not win which is why i didn't pick it to win uh, but i would have loved for an alternate world where the mitchells versus the machines won because it should have it's it's in my mind clearly a better film absolutely 
Um, moving on for us now, we're at the uh, the clear above the line categories. So uh, the screenplays. Uh, let, let's talk about those. We went into original a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, worst person in the world, licorice pizza, yeah. bells fast. There was also King Richard. Don't look up. I don't. I didn't think those were ever in contention. Yeah. Uh, what did you think on adapted with Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, and Power the Dog? I was. First of all, I was so happy when Coda won. Uh, it, it, it like it was a great sign for the rest of the night, uh, and it was just wonderful. Yeah, um, I you know I think you know Dune was adapted very well. Uh, I thought the script, uh, the screenplay for Drive My Car was fantastic. I just watched it for the first time two weeks ago. Um, really, really enjoyed it. You know, it doesn't feel like a three-hour movie. Uh, it just feels like a little over two-hour movie. And I think the script is is key in that. There are a lot of really engaging moments sprinkled throughout the film. Of course, it's all engaging. But there are the scenes that <laughs> really grab you. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, The Lost Daughter, I did not see. And Power of the Dog, I didn't love. Uh, I don't okay. think uh, either of them were, you know, I, I didn't ever think that they were going to win. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, I'm sure The Lost Daughter screenplay is great. Maggie Gyllenhaal is great. Um, but, uh, pa- pa- power of the dog, I, you know, beautiful movie, very well produced. I just didn't really connect to it as much as I wanted to. I get that. Yeah. I, I will say I liked the power of the dog the first time, mm-hmm. but upon rewatch, cause again, over the sponsors weekend, we rewatched every film, uh, nominated for best picture. Only two of us in the room had already seen every film. So they were all complete rewatches for me and for Aaron Dicer. But for most others, there was still one or even up to five movies that they needed to see. But for me, I have to say The Power of the Dog is the most improved over a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already liked it, and now I outright love it. I think that film is terrific, and it is definitely one of the ones I will revisit the most often. I'll have to go back to uh, it at some point. Yeah, okay. so I, I think that especially once you know and understand the ending and where it's going, literally from the opening narration, when the screen is still in black and has not faded to light yet, the from that moment on the foreshadowing in that movie is fantastic mm-hmm. again which you wouldn't get the first time because you're really not you don't know the the end game um but once you know it trust me this the, this one's worth uh investigating again uh i was happy that coda won i actually wanted dune to win here i think that uh hopefully when dune part two comes out it will get the screenplay uh, win because I think it deserves it. This has been one of those books that's been around for decades that has been perpetually considered unadaptable that cannot go to a feature film. They tried it once in the eighties and it was a complete failure. It's considered by most people to be an outright terrible picture. Um, and here they made it and it is literally one of the best films we've had in a long time. It feels like the Lord of the Rings. It feels like star Wars. It feels like something epic and grand and on a scale of fantasy and sci-fi that we rarely get to see in film absolutely and you know maybe it's just because it was only the first half of the book that they didn't feel comfortable giving it the screenplay because it's not a quote unquote complete story yet but in my mind it may not be a finished story but it is a complete movie Mm -hmm. paul atreides goes through a complete character arc he is an entirely different person than he was as the naive young boy on Arrakis, uh, before he went to Arrakis, uh, in the movie. And then by the end of the movie, uh, he is, you know, embracing the fact that he is, uh, the prophesized leader of these people and he's going to rebel against the empire and the emperor. Uh, it's, it's a great work. And I, I kind of wanted this to win because I think adapting that book is incredible. And I couldn't believe that they pulled it off so well, Mm -hmm. but again, 
I'm hopeful that when part two comes out, they might steal that. Okay. Moving on to the actors. Um, This went, I think pretty chalk and there weren't any surprises here Um, for we'll do our lovely ladies first uh, supporting actress. I actually wanted Ariana DeBose here. Yeah. Um, Spoiler for uh, what's coming ahead. There's only one more category that I really wanted to change. And that's surrounding West side story. Uh, I love West side story. I think it's fantastic. In fact, it is my favorite movie of the year. I think it is a masterpiece. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of musicals. I actually love the original West Side Story. And to me, this is even better. This is the, in my eyes, definitive version of West Side Story. I think this movie is terrific. Um, I think Steven Spielberg is clearly, uh, he hasn't done a, a movie of this caliber in, I think, over a decade, if not longer. Uh, he's, it, it's amazing how much he, he really is one of the Mount Rushmore directors of all time. And uh, this movie is so cinematic and so beautiful and so engaging uh, and so much fun to watch. Uh, I thought Ariana was fantastic as Anita mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, I think it's kind of cool that this is now the second time someone has won an Oscar for Anita. Uh, Rita yeah. Moreno won this with the original film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about that actually at the Sposcars last night. Is I think this is the third time someone has won an Oscar for a character that's won an Oscar. So mm-hmm. Mar- uh, Anita from West Side Story, uh, uh, Don Vito Corleone mm-hmm. from The Godfather, parts one and two, Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro, and uh, The Joker <laughs> with right. Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I can't think of any others yeah. ever in 94 years that that's happened where one character is. So it's just... Uh, if they ever make West Side of the Story again in another 60 years, who knows? Um, look out whoever gets cast as Anita. You yeah. better <laughs> you better be aces because now there's precedent for this role. Absolutely. Um, I thought Jesse Buckley was great in The Lost Daughter. You haven't seen it yet, uh, but she is great in there. I thought Judy Jentz was, was fine. To me, this felt like a, a nomination that you give someone when maybe you're not confident on who you want to give that fifth slot to. Yeah. And Judy, if it, she's like a Meryl Streep where it's just like, yeah, she did good enough and uh, the movie's good enough. So let's give it to her, you know, but I, I didn't think she was ever in contention. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, I actually thought was really good in The Power of the Dog, but I didn't really think she was in contention. My f- favorite next to Ariana DeBose was actually Anjanou Ellis. Mm-hmm. I thought she was fantastic in King Richard. In fact, you could make an argument that she steals that movie on several scenes, especially when they have that fight in the kitchen. Uh, at their home in Florida, about two thirds to three quarters of the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is fantastic. So, uh, but I'm still happy that Ariana won that one. Do you have any thoughts on supporting actress? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I feel like this was the clear one from the get go. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, Ariana DeBose, she, she was just so electric. They picked the perfect clip to play for her. That scene was just, that scene was emotional, gut wrenching, loved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, I don't really think anyone else really had a chance, uh, against her. I mean, obviously they were all fantastic. They're nominated for a reason. Um, she was, she was, uh, the clear favorite. She was the runaway. So yeah. Uh, best supporting actor now. Yep. Best supporting actor. Again, uh, this one chalk to Troy Kotzer. Thank uh, God. I'm very happy yeah. that he won. I thought he was terrific. Uh, he brings so much love and humor to Coda. It's incredible. Uh, watching him sign all those dirty things is so funny. Or just trying to describe to his doctor that his balls are on fire. 
uh, but while still being so loving and so supportive, uh, that scene where he puts his hands on his daughter's vocal cords to quote unquote, hear her sing is one of the best scenes of that movie. And it's part of the one, two, three punch to end the movie uh, with, you know, her having her performance at the school, then he feels her vocal cords and then they go and have the audition for Berkeley. And it's just like waterfalls of tears mm -hmm. uh, for the last 30 minutes of that film. And it's amazing. And he's a big part of that. I thought Kieran Hines was, I thought he was good. Yeah. I actually liked him as mm -hmm. pop in Belfast. He was probably the greatest source of humor through that movie. I think he has the most jokes per capita. Um, and I thought he was really fun. And uh, I really loved, uh, there's something beautiful about the scene where, you know, buddy's like, you know, where are you going? And I don't want to lose you. And he's like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere where you can't find me. Mm -hmm. uh, it has such a smart way to approach death, especially for young people. Um, Jesse Plemons, I'll, I'll do both, uh, both power of the dog people, Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee, Smith McPhee. I thought both of them were good. Uh, I think Cody has a more showy role than Jesse. Um, so I definitely saw in the predictions that there were more people predicting him than Jesse. Uh, but uh, I didn't really think either of them were going to win. I, I always have been of the opinion that if you have multiple people being nominated from the same movie, unless one of them truly stands out, those votes usually cancel each other out. Yeah. And I didn't think that either one of them were so great that they had to get the consideration. And I thought that they were going to split the power of the dog vote. And I think that's kind of what happened. Mm -hmm. I do think Cody was better. Um, and I, again, he had the more showy role, uh, but I don't think it helped that both of them were nominated. I think if only Cody had been nominated, he maybe could have stood a chance against Troy, but I'm still glad Troy got it. And then the last one, JK Simmons, this is right up there with Judy Dench to me and uh, Meryl Streep, where after he won his Oscar for Whiplash, which was 100% deserved, that's one of the greatest performances of all time in Just my book. Just saw it for the first time recently. Yeah, it's mind-blowing how good he is in that movie and that, how good that movie is, period. Um, but I think he's kind of just earned that status of, yeah, no, J.K. Simmons is a legend, and uh, we'll nominate him whenever we can. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how that one kind of felt to me. It was like, yeah, we don't have a fifth slot. Uh, J.K. was awesome in uh, being the Ricardos, so give it to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, Cody. Cody's young. He is absolutely going to be nominated again. He is going to win at some point, I virtually guarantee it. Uh, especially now that he has the, uh, the cred with the Academy. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I thought Jesse Plemons was fine. Not really a standout for me. Um, Kieran Hines, I thought was fantastic. He was uh, actually my pick earlier. Uh, and um, But, uh, you know, back a couple months ago in November when I first saw Belfast, I was half convinced that he would, uh, that he would win. So I was glad that he was at least nominated. Uh, but then Troy Kotzer, when I saw Coda, I was just absolutely blown away clear favorite and uh, i'm really really glad uh that he won his you know coda the movie we'll talk about it a little bit more in a couple minutes but he especially like whenever he was on screen i wanted to laugh and i wanted to cry and i wanted to feel all the emotions that that he was feeling at that moment just like to yep. to be in 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 his shoes i think is something that the movie does absolutely incredibly even though he's he's absolutely not the main character he is the character. He is the character that I sympathize with the most, and the character that I that I most wanted to be friends with. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our lead performances, best actress. Uh, this goes again chalk to yeah. Jessica Chastain. Uh, 
again, I thought this was really well-deserved. Frankly, Jessica's been due in my book. I think she's had plenty of roles throughout the year where it's like, yeah, no, she could have won by now. Uh, So I'm happy that she got it. Um, I, the movie itself is kind of meh to me, but she was incredible. Uh, Olivia Coleman, absolutely terrific for the lost daughter. I'm glad she was nominated. Uh, the fact that she won a couple of years ago, or a few years ago now for the favorite, um, I think, you know, she's had her, so let's let other people have it, uh, like Jessica, uh, Penelope Cruz. I actually really thought she was terrific in parallel mothers. I, I have problems with parallel mothers as a movie. There's parts of it. I really love and parts of it. I'm very, uh, disappointed in, I think that the, the themes are a bit inconsistent when, uh, it tries to drop one theme and go with another, especially towards the end of the movie. Uh, but, uh, she was fantastic in it. Did you get to see parallel mothers? I actually watched it, uh, the morning of, uh, the morning before the Oscars. So I did get that in because I, I had heard that she was, that she was phenomenal. She was coming in as a, in a, as a dark horse too. Yeah. yeah absolutely. In the predictions. Um, but yeah, I thought she was great. And the movie is really effed up. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nicole Kidman, this one, um, you know, I think she does do a good job for what the script and what Aaron Sorkin were wanting her to do. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think she's Lucille Ball in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I grew up a massive fan of Lucille Ball, my family, uh, watching, I love Lucy, watching some of her films and her other shows. Uh, I never got the sense watching this, that she was Lucille Ball. Um, right. uh, she just wasn't funny even in the scenes where she was supposed to be funny i understand most of the scenes of that movie were behind the scenes stuff and lucy being more serious but uh Mm -hmm. yeah it never like i found i got more appreciation for lucille ball in licorice pizza when they go to new york for that live show like at the beginning and uh they take that plane trip and uh alana heim is like his chaperone like that was Lucille Ball that they do that. That's making fun of the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours, that whole dance with all those kids in their pajamas. That felt more like Lucille Ball than what Nicole Kidman did. Yeah. And she did it in three, five minutes of screen time versus Nicole had a whole movie. Um, again, I think Nicole was fine. I, for what the movie was going for, I just think the movie was completely lost on what Lucy is. Yeah. Um, um, I. Uh... I uh, my grand great grandfather dated Lucille Ball in high school. That is my oh that is no my way one, one connection with her. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, the other one, and I would have this again. I'm happy that Jessica won, so I'm fine with it. Absolutely. But I actually do think the best performance out of these women is uh, Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I totally dug Spencer. I understand some people don't. Uh, it's kind of a hit or miss. Uh, but I really loved it. I loved its kind of uh psychological thriller vibes and horror elements uh, i thought christian was unhinged in the best way while still being reserved uh some of the scenes she has with her kids are straight beautiful um and i thought she was spectacular yeah uh she was also my my favorite nominee uh i i didn't think at all that she would win uh if, but if i had I didn't an oscar, either yeah if i had an oscar ballot she would have been my first down um yeah, I, I love Spencer uh, more than most people, more than the person I saw it with. Uh, I just love, love, loved it so, so much. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like Chastain, uh, as, as you mentioned, the easy one, the one that everyone knew would win. Um, Olivia Coleman, again, haven't seen Lost Daughter, but I'm a huge fan of her as an actress. 
Uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, you know, always great, uh, most notably seen by me in the AMC commercials um, before every movie there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, I thought she was fine in Being the Ricardos, uh, a movie that I thought was perfectly fine and average. And yep. uh, yeah, uh, Penelope Cruz, uh, she was, I, I, bl- I think, the best part of Parallel Mothers. That was, at, at least for me, a, a, an extremely predictable film that I'm not sure I should, I'm not sure how I should feel about it because I'm not sure how I want to feel about it. I also like the woman who played Anna, and yes. I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but this was the other mother. I thought she did an incredible job, and I'd like to see more of her in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, only got a couple more categories to go. Yep. Moving on to Best Director. Again, this went chalk with of the – which now feels, again, it has a sour taste in my mouth saying it because of the everything that happened. But Will Smith wins. I I, I do think uh, his performance as Richard Williams was terrific. Uh, I do also think it's quote unquote his time to win. He's been nominated. This is, I believe his fourth time. Um, And he finally wins here. Uh, I'm all for him having this Oscar. I think he really is one of the great talents of Hollywood. And he's one of the most charismatic, fun, loving actors we've had as of 24 hours ago. Now, 24 hours later, I'm a little torn on how I feel about this. Uh, I really hope that he can recover and do some sincere apologizing and uh, make an effort uh, to show me that he has remorse for his actions. Uh, As of right now, I've not seen that. And I hope he does face some kind of punishment. Again, this is a crime that we're not talking like he said something to insult someone. No, he committed a crime. He committed assaults and I'm not cool with it. Um, But uh, I think his performance is, is really good uh so i was fine with him winning um javier bardem i actually really liked him in being the ricardos again i have problems with the movie but i actually thought he was desi way more so than nicole was lucy uh i thought he was great benedict cumberbatch uh i also thought was terrific in the power of the dog i think he was the front runner until will uh campaigned and it kind of came on that like yeah will will deserves to win let's give it to will this time uh, and benedict will have more chances uh, I think he's already been nominated before. I, I thought he was nominated maybe for the imitation game a few years back, but uh, I thought he was good in Power of the Dog. Uh, Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, the man's been nominated, I think, 11 or 13 times now. He's won already. Um, uh, again, he's he's a legend at this point. He, he doesn't need the win. He doesn't need that for his career. Uh, I'm sure at some point they'll give him another one you know, before yeah. his time is out, kind of like Anthony Hopkins got it for the father just last year when he's already had his, uh, but you know, the father was so incredible. So give it to him again. I'm sure we'll get one of those for Denzel, but uh, the tragedy of Macbeth is it's, it's Macbeth. So <laughs> yep. either you like it or you don't. The name uh, that you know uh, Chris what... Rock proved you should never say in a theater. Yeah. We call it the Scottish play for a reason. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, you know what you're getting from that play and from that role and he was great the this isn't the one i would change but i was i or may you know what i'll even say it maybe i would outright change it and this actually has nothing to do with the will smith controversy mm-hmm. i genuinely do think andrew garfield was the best performance absolutely of the year 100%. and i'm talking of anyone i'm actor actress performing lead performing supporting regard i thought andrew garfield was phenomenal um, and especially the once you learn, he's not a musical person. He was not a theater kid. He learned to sing for this movie, and he did all of his own singing. He was a pure talent, 
absolutely incredible showing and displaying such raw emotion, such a wide range. I know that some people I've heard didn't like this uh, movie because they didn't like Jonathan Larson as a character. But in my mind, that's not a thing to ding Andrew on. If anything, you should praise Andrew even more for that if he made you not like him. Because, yeah, there's some stuff that Jonathan as a person does in this movie that's kind of gross. And he's kind of not the nicest person. But you know what? That doesn't sell if Andrew doesn't sell it. And Andrew was terrific. Uh, I, The one scene in particular that I think is one of my favorite segments and scenes of the year is when he is having the arguments with his girlfriend and simultaneously they are cutting and editing back to the duet he is doing this kind of fast paced kinetic duet he's doing with, Oh, what was that actress? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. And I think the the song is called therapy. Therapy, If I remember correct, that is incredible that should not work let me be very clear that should not work on the one hand you have a scene which is two people in a relationship fighting and yelling and screaming at each other there are tears rolling down their faces their relationship is in crisis and literally coming to an end before our eyes and the other scene is literally literally bouncing in their chairs that's what they're doing they're bouncing up and down on stools smiles on their faces being happy-go-lucky and silly almost looking like Smiles on their faces, almost looking like ventriloquist puppets, you know, like that's mm-hmm. marionettes. Um, those yeah. shouldn't mix, but that scene is edited and shot so well. Credit to Lin-Manuel Miranda and his editing team. Um, but that that scene is incredible and it doesn't work without him. It doesn't, period. Uh, he was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I think Andrew probably should have won. I'm totally fine with Will winning. Uh, he's overdue it's well deserved for him again all of that aside from his distasteful behavior once you account from for his distasteful behavior then i'm even more like oh man now i really wish andrew had won but i totally understand why will won Mm -hmm. yeah uh, i share many of your thoughts uh i thought that um uh andrew garfield his performance was was just so electric and so dynamic in a way that is so ridiculously hard to do and will be even harder to do again. Um, not, not just for him, but for any actor really. Um, uh, and yeah, he, he was just, he really made that movie for me. Granted. I love the songs, love the direction, love the visuals, but Andrew Garfield is what made that is what really made that movie work. Um, I never once thought that he was actually going to win uh, just because of Will. I didn't either. Yeah, just because of Will's campaign and all that, you know, him coming out with the book. Um, but, uh, but, I, Andrew, I, I I do believe with you that he was the best performance of of twenty twenty one. Yep. Yeah. And then moving on to director, um, this one I was completely happy with. There was never uh, any doubt. Never. There was never doubt. a doubt on this. Uh, there has not been a female, uh, a woman to win best director, I believe, since The Hurt Locker. Uh, Chloe Zhao won last year. For oh, Badlands. God, what am I thinking? Holy crap. Yeah. yeah, Chloe Zhao won last year. But before that, it was um, yeah. it hadn't been since The Hurt Locker. So, third time. Um, so this is the third time ever, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And not counting last year, the first time since Hurt Locker was 2009. Uh, yes. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean... I, I think Jane was magnificent with this. I understand some people uh, 
hated her comments at the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, that's a separate podcast. That's a separate <laughs> event. I'm not going to go into it, but I, I can understand uh, if you didn't like her comments, but th- that doesn't detract from, again, comments are different than physical violence. Let's let's keep things into context here. Why we're so adamant about one one controversy over the other. Uh, but uh, I thought Jane's direction here was terrific. Uh, it, it was moving. It made this really dour character study uh, feel so grand um, and important, layered with so many themes. And she just had uh, a full realization of the craft. Uh, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, again, taking his real life stories uh, from growing up during the Troubles in Northern Ireland and putting them to film almost autobiographically. Uh, I, I really did think he did a great job as well. I actually thought he was kind of the early front runner, but then Jane really came on and it was just like, no doubt in my mind that Jane was going to get it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ryusuke, I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Ryusuke Hamaguchi uh, for drive my car. I thought he was great. Um, uh, he really had, again, a different type of character study than the power of the dog, but he had a full grasp of that as well. Paul Thomas Anderson. I think this was just kind of a gimme. Uh, he's kind of like Quentin Tarantino. Whenever they come out with films, they're going to get a screenplay nomination and they're going to get a director nomination and they're most likely not going to win either of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they will get their nominations. Uh, I did think he did a good job directing licorice pizza, even if his screenplay does have some problems. And Steven Spielberg, like I said earlier, I think uh, this is the best work he's done in, well over a decade um and i thought he was fantastic with this uh, but i still think jane should have won absolutely yeah ne- never any doubt in my mind uh, i didn't necessarily love power of the dog but there is you know it, it is an undoubtedly an undeniably beautifully made film um and uh, jane campion i i i feel is owed for most of that uh but yeah best picture it's the big Best one. Picture. I was on on the edge of my seat the only time during the ceremony when I was not sure about what what would win. Yep. So going into this, and I've said this to several people, I think that the critical darling, the one that is the more traditional uh, art house film that maybe quote unquote should win, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your definition of should, uh, is the power of the dog. I think that is in many ways the best made film of the year. However, and this is why I picked Coda, uh, times in the real world have sucked lately. (laughs) We are still living in a world where, yeah, you could say that we're living like we're out of it, but we're still not fully out of a pandemic that has been raging for two years now. There is a war in Ukraine where millions of people has been displaced from their homes and Russia looks like one of the worst terrorist bullies in the history of this planet based off of their disgusting actions, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not alone in that opinion. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, And a lot of other things uh, just in the world in general with uh, civil unrest, material inequality, times have really sucked. Uh, People aren't happy. The world is more divided than it's ever been. And we already had a somber deep think character study film win best picture literally just last year with Nomadland, which was about a woman trying to make her way through a world where she had lost her home and her husband in the middle of an actual, uh, not a depression, 
but the recession of 2008. And I just had this feeling, and I'm not the only one, clearly, that was like, you know what? We need to be happy again. There has to be something in this world that is worth living for and something beautiful about this life. And I just had this feeling and I saw more and more articles as that we we're getting up to the Oscars. And I'm sure you saw the same thing, Rowan, where it's just like, man, don't you want to just be happy? Don't you want to vote with your heart? Don't you just want to cry tears of joy? And I think CODA encaptures that, uh, encapsulates that. Um, uh, I don't think it's the best film. It's not my personal favorite film, but I would put it in the top half of the best picture nominees. And I do think it is a film that people will look back on and they'll probably say, maybe it didn't deserve it, but they will also probably say that's still one of the more enjoyable films to watch. And you know what? Damn it. In this world right now in the climate we're at, that's good enough for me. I think Coda is a good best picture winner. I'm happy with it. I'm glad it won. And uh, I really hope that it's the kind of, uplifting uh message that we can take into the world today if you know the will smith of it all hadn't like completely tarnished these oscars and made us talk about something else instead um but once we get past that hopefully people will look back on oh yeah this one best picture and um people will be able to appreciate it uh going into the the other nominees real quick and then uh rowan you go to town uh belfast i thought belfast was good um I didn't, I never thought it was that great, but I I did think it was good. I appreciated it. Don't look up. I actually do think it's good. I know this one's incredibly controversial. There's a lot of people that hate it. And frankly, I totally understand. Uh, You know, a lot of people don't like uh, blatant political hit pieces. They don't like uh, things being bashed over their head, but you know what? That's also kind of what satire is, is you get hit over the head. It's not supposed to be subtle. It's supposed to be smacking you in the face over and over. Um, It just, it's, I think the reason why people aren't liking it is because we're still in this moment. You know, we look back on something like Dr. Strangelove and people love it now and it's considered a masterpiece. And I'm not saying that in 40, 50 years, Don't Look Up will be considered a masterpiece. But what I am saying is at the time that Dr. Strangelove came out, people didn't consider it a masterpiece. And it has grown with time once we got past um, the Cold War and all of those fears that we began to appreciate stuff like that. And I think that will happen again here, but it's hard to say that when we still live in this era where climate change denial is happening and misinformation is rampant on social media and oil corporations, you know, actively fight to hurt the com- the, the world and the citizens of the world. So like, it's, it's hard to take a movie like this and I get that. Uh, Drive My Car is incredibly beautiful. I love it. It's a serene masterpiece. Um, I do think it's too long. And frankly, it doesn't have nearly as engaging of a story as something like Parasite does. And if you're going to be a foreign language film where people have to read subtitles for your film, you really have to have one whopper of a narrative plot to get people to look past that because people are racist and stubborn and they don't like to read subtitles. And uh, I don't think drive my car had that kind of energy that parasite had, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is still a beautiful film and I I love it and recommend it to anyone that wants to take the dive again. Dune, I think is terrific, but Dune, I think will follow the path of the Lord of the Rings where it will get all the technical awards until the last one, uh, whether that's Dune part two, or if he makes a a third one, I don't know what Denis is going to do. I think there will be a time when we collectively reward Denis for uh, Denis Villeneuve for all of his efforts and he'll get a best director. And I think it will win best picture. 
but it's not this film. It's not the first film, just yeah. like it wasn't for the fellowship of the ring. Um, King Richard, uh, to me, this is a fine movie. It's, it's good. It's entertaining, but to me, this is also a movie you've seen a million times. It is your standard inspirational sports drama. Uh, you've seen it before and they're always fun. They're always uplifting. They always give you hope. Uh, but I don't think it does anything extra to push you. Um, and frankly, I was kind of shocked it got nominated for best picture, uh, licorice pizza. I do think this is a great movie. I totally understand all the criticism about it. I hate the racist stereotypes and accents as well. It's really gross. I also don't like the, uh, the relationship with a minor. I don't have an issue with the age gap. Some people have extrapolated this as an age gap thing. Uh, to me, it's not the age gap. I don't mind that there's a 10 year age gap. I mind that the 10 year age gap is with a minor. Uh, you could have adjusted this story instead of it being a high school kid and a person that's out of college to being a person in college and a person that's like middle-aged, uh, giving it virtually the same age gap. Uh, but one of them's not a minor anymore. And you know what? I'm completely fine with it at that point. I just, I think it's disgusting that we made this with a 15 year old kid. I don't care if it's a guy or a girl. That's gross. Um, Nightmare Alley. I think this is going to be the most forgettable movie of these nominees in the years to come. Yeah. Uh, when people ask you to go back and list the Tim nominees, I have a feeling this is the one that people are going to miss. I think it's fine. I think the original Nightmare Alley is better. Uh, I think this is a beautiful movie to look at that gets really bogged down in its pacing and it's incredibly slow. Uh, I think the performances are great. The art direction, the production design is great. Costumes, all of it. But the the movie's just missing energy to it. It's just way too dull for its own good. Uh, the Power Dog I spoke to earlier, I think it's beautiful. It's a masterpiece. Um, but uh, apparently the Oscars hates Netflix <laughs> and they yeah. wanted to get it to Apple TV Plus instead for the first streamer to ever win Best Picture. I can't believe that they, they've slighted Netflix so much over the years. I think it's actively funny at this point. Uh, but for me, the one category I really want to change is is this one. I think West Side Story is the best movie of the year. Uh, to me, I don't even think it's close. I think this is one of the best films we've gotten in a long time. Uh, hands down, it is a masterpiece to me. You could say I'm biased because I like musicals. I even like the original. That's totally fine. But even the original, I don't think is a masterpiece. There are flaws with the original. I, I don't even know if I would have had the original win Best Picture of the Year it came out. This year, this West Side Story, in my opinion, deserved to win Best Picture. I think it was fantastic. Everything from the acting to the cinematography, watching some of the shots, loved, like even them walking into the rumble and those silhouetted shadows Gorgeous. creeping in yeah. on the ground or watching Ansel Elgort sing while standing in a puddle and all of the ripples in the puddle are reflecting all the light around him. It looks like he's in a painting. Uh, all of the 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 costumes that blend with the cinematography seeing all the jets and like dark cool colors and blues are seeing all the sharks and like warm colors and oranges and how that transposed into their costumes and oh my god these were some gorgeous costumes uh some of the choreography and actually letting these people dance the, this was not hyper cut up the editing here is terrific they're letting people dance they're keeping on them uh without cutting away every two seconds the mamba the Mambo uh, dance battle at the social mixer is incredible. Just uh, the the dance uh, for America out in the streets is fantastic. The music is amazing. These are some of the best recordings I've ever heard of some of these songs. 
Uh, just everything about West Side Story, I think, is beautiful. And I think it also was updated to highlight so many of the issues we're facing today. Uh, having a trans man in this movie, in the first original film, there's very much uh, more of like a woman who is just a tomboy, kind of like to dress like one of the guys and just be with them. But in this film, it's very clearly a trans man. I thought that was awesome. I also really loved that uh, Ariana DeBose, uh, her character, Anita, uh, that Rita Moreno's character after the Jets kind of assault, not kind of directly assault Anita at the end of the movie that Rita Moreno calls them out as rapists Mm -hmm. in the original film. They do not do that. It always bothered me because that's clearly what their intent is. That is what they're trying to do. And they were just stopped. Uh, I like that this movie calls him out of like, no, you are disgusting. You are pigs. You are rapists. How dare you do this to her? Um, this movie is updated to be so important, even to our current climate and where we are in the world. And I think it is perfect. A masterpiece. It is beautiful. It is cinematic in a way that none of the other films were to me. Um, so I loved West Side Story. I l- would have loved it to win Best Picture, but... I knew it didn't stand a chance. It wasn't ever going to win. It was a, it was a two horse race between power, of the dog and Coda. And I knew that. Uh, but so those are all my thoughts. Rowan go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I love West side story, not nearly as much as you, but I still really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't really have that much of an uh, emotional or nostalgic connection to the original. And for that reason, I like this one much better. I just think it's a better made movie. I think the performances are better and it looks better. Um, uh, I also, you know, all of these movies I loved in some respect, Power of the Dog, I just love the least. Um, along with, with Drive My Car, I, you know, it's a great movie. Uh, but as you said, he's far too long and, uh, and it, it, it does drag a little, especially when uh, most of the scenes are set in very, very similar locations and cars. Um, I, uh, if I had to pick like a, you know, like a, like a quote unquote popular favorite here, um, I would honestly go, don't look up. Uh, I think I love that much more than everybody else. Uh, I saw it twice, once in theaters and one on Netflix. And I just loved it. Uh, both times. I think Adam McKay style really, really works for me. Um, which is why I'm, I'm very excited to watch some of his that I haven't seen, like the big short, um, the big short is my favorite movie of his. It is vastly better than this. In my opinion, I can't wait. Just my opinion. Um, yeah. And so uh, so I love Don't Look Up. Uh, Dune was also great. Licorice Pizza, I, I also thought was uh, pretty great. You know, well-made movie, but I completely understand your, your criticism there. Um, it was actually my first Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh, and I was – I, uh, I, that can be a jolt to get into exactly. if you've never done it before. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was a lot. It was a lot, uh, the first time, uh, Belfast, I thought was great, you know, very personal story for Kenneth Branagh. I really respected that. Um, and, uh, Nightmare Alley, uh, Guillermo del Toro is my favorite director. Uh, I love seeing him just smiling through the whole Oscars yesterday. Just whenever it, it cut to him, he had a big smile on his face. That was great to see. Um, Nightmare Alley, I will say, is is one of my least favorite uh, of his. I mean, all, all of his movies I love. They're all great. Um, but I, I, I just think Nightmare Alley is, uh, honestly, I, I, I hate using the word boring, especially to describe a work of art like a movie or a show. But Nightmare Alley drags a lot. I really, really wanted to be into it and engaged, especially when they switch from the circus to the second half of the movie. I just think it, it loses uh, a little bit. It loses a lot of momentum. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but Coda, I absolutely uh, love it. Love it. So good. Um, and uh, King Richard, I also thought was was great. 
Um, and again, again, power of the dog. I just uh, love the least, but I was so, so glad when, when Coda won, if I wasn't dead tired at that point, I would have, I probably would have burst into tears. Uh, it was just, uh, such an emotional, great moment. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so Heath, I want to thank you very much for, uh, for joining me for this. I know it. Thank you for having did, me, Ron. I really very, appreciate it. Of course it did run very long, but you know, there's a lot to say. There is. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes. Uh, so Heath, is there anywhere you would like to send people? Yeah. You can find me on Letterboxd at the one Heath bar or search Heath Lynch on Letterboxd. I watch a lot of movies, usually between 10 and 15 a week. And I review every single one of them. Um, and, uh, yeah. Hope to see you there. Yeah. Uh, please keep going to theleniantcritic.com. I post there a lot. Uh, reviews and stuff that I don't do on the podcast especially. And Heath will be back in May for a very special two-part episode where we will be talking about every single Friday the 13th film. Quite an undertaking there, but I am personally very excited for it. Um, so Heath, uh, thank you once again. and uh, Thank you, Rowan. I appreciate it. Of course. And uh, thank you all for listening out there. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, do, do all the things. Subscribe to the podcast. Give me five stars. I would really appreciate it. And I will see you next week. <laughs>